Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists. Welcome back to Rocky Talkie, a Rocky Horror podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to Rocky Horror. I'm Aaron. I'm John. And I'm Nikki. Happy New Year, you motherfuckers. Hey, that's Mr. Motherfucker to you. Oh my god. Welcome back, everybody. We're so happy to join you in 2022. John, how was your holiday? What'd you do for Christmas? How about New Year's? How How's it going? Yeah, I feel like we haven't recorded in, like, a year. Hey. Yeah, that we haven't not reco- funny. You're not funny. All right. All right, cool. Uh, Christmas and New Year's was very low-key because of the everything that's going on outside, as all of you are probably fully aware. Uh, the Omicron variant is absolutely murdering New York City right now, so I have been inside for a long amount of time. So everything around here was pretty low-key, nothing too much to write home about. I think the coolest thing that has happened to me since the Christmas New Year season was the fact that um, I had to cancel my Portugal trip that I was originally going on. Ooh. Boo is right, but in order to remedy the situation, I did buy a projector for my bedroom. Yay! Because I have no control over my money. I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm really, really sad that I don't get to go to Portugal anymore because Omicron is destroying New York City and Portugal is probably going to be closed and it's not going to be fun and I'm not going with Savannah anymore. So, like, you know, why not buy a projector for my room? And I think that 2022 is looking up as a result. Nice. You'll be able to put Rocky up and uh, get all those high-resolution costume pictures, right? Yeah, because my projector that was $100 can easily be a (laughs) high-resolution. It's like 1080p max. (laughs) Oof. Okay. Well, uh, it's blue. Damn right it is. (laughs) Nikki, how about you? How was your New Year's? Um, it was really good. It was also super low key. I just hung out with some people from my cast. We hung out with my director and we played a bunch of Jackbox, drank some sparkling cider, and I was in bed by 1 a.m. It was awesome. It was a really nice New Year's and I had a really good time. I'm very excited for 2022. Nice. What about you, Aaron? Uh, New Year's was pretty good. Also very low key. Our, uh, our big New Year's event obviously got canceled, uh, because you know, we ain't stupid. So that was uh, a, a bit of a downer, but, uh, we ended up to parlay it into hanging out. John got to spend New Year's with you. That was really nice. Mama, uh, uh, mama, a couple, a couple other folks from the community, which was fantastic. Uh, great to see people and had a ton of fun. We, uh, all chilled. And uh, of course we all were watching, uh, the big, big announcement from RKO at 9 p.m. I think we're going to talk about that later, so I won't go into it too much now, but oh my god. And yeah, no, Christmas was also super low-key. Saw some of Meg's family, and uh, that was that was really about it. We just kind of hung out and and uh, ate some good food, had a good time. Meg got me a wonderful book for Christmas entitled How to Cheat at Everything. I don't think it has a section on cheating on your wife, so I don't really know why she gave it to me, but... Um, I do know how to cheat at backgammon now, so that's kind of cool. I can't wait for you to win so much money. Uh, you know, I'm hoping. But speaking of money, let's get started with our first segment. Would that be global news? Beep, 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 beep. For 
First up in global news, on our last episode, we talked all about Britain's all-star musicals program that aired on ITV on December 26th. But for those of you who need a recap, All-Star Musicals is a competition show, a lot like Dancing with the Stars, where the celebrity contestants spend a couple of weeks gearing up to star in their very own Broadway musical number. The competitors receive vocal, dance, and acting training with musical theater professionals, are given a full set, wardrobe, hair, and makeup, and all the backup dancers and co-stars needed to perform their song. They've just got to master their own leading role, which is usually easier said than done, as none of the celebs have any musical theater background whatsoever. Yeah, the show has a habit of casting people in performative careers like broadcasters, TV hosts, maybe the odd dramatic actor here and there, but they're pretty good about making sure nobody has any like significant experience with singing and dancing. And this year's Christmas special featured songs from Moana, which isn't a musical, Cats, and of course, Rocky. Wait, Moana isn't a musical? No, Moana's a fucking movie. Yeah, but it's a musical. No, it's I've not. Been staring at the edge of the water. Just because it has like I two or three songs in it does not mean it's a musical. It has a lot of songs in it. It is a musical adventure film. It is not a musical. Okay, I've whatever. seen Moana once. Make Did you way, like it? Consider the I don't really remember it. All right. It's the circle of life. Okay, anyway. Wait, I know that's that a one. Musical. That's not. <laughs> so, okay, the, uh, no, I'm not even getting into it. 55-year-old Ben Miller, who you might know as Lord Featherington in Bridgerton. What a drew, stupid name. <laughs> drew the longest, hardest, throbbingest straw of the show and was cast as Riff Raff for the program's rendition of Time Warp. Before his number began, we got to see a minute or two of his Broadway training montage where he talks about how acting, singing, and dancing aren't all that difficult for him, but doing it all together is challenging as fuck. Oh, I feel you, Ben. As someone who can barely walk and smoke a cigarette at the same time, uh, then again, I also can't sing or or dance or, or really act. Or smoke cigarettes. Do I have to tell on you to Meg? You know, maybe it's not the best analogy, but I think you all get it. There's a reason big-time actors have so much damn training. For all his modesty, though, Ben's performance was pretty fun. It wasn't choreo-heavy at all. He did kind of just stand there. But his acting and vocal performances very much embodied the spirit of Riff. He was all done up to look like this really gross, dusty, overworked handyman who was chuffed as shit to have two random square kids show up uninvited to his party. You could tell that he couldn't wait to bring them into the castle to start fucking with them. By and large, uh, fans of Rocky Horror who watch Ben's performance seem to have mostly positive feedback, and many actually seem genuinely surprised that he didn't win the whole show. Yeah, that victory went to Catherine Tildesley, who performed Memory from Cats, despite her glaring lack of a butthole anywhere on her costume. Some viewers were a bit miffed at the fact that Riff and Magenta barely time warp during the song, which is definitely weird, but they barely time warp at all during the movie either. Yeah, I I feel like people are always really surprised at that. It it does make it annoying to perform time warp as like a one-off number the cast do at smaller rental shows. Like... Riff and Magenta really only do a little bit in that thing. And on top of that, they even cut it a little bit for this, right? I think they cut the second half of Magenta's verse, and then they had Ben sing Columbia's solo in Time Warp. It was really weird. There was at least one small little missing chunk, and then they changed it up a bit. It obviously played better, and I mean, that's the kind of thing that you have to do. You have to screw around with 
the song if you aren't doing a whole ensemble piece, right? And this was intended to showcase Ben and his talent. And uh, they, they, they ended up making some changes that uh, the uh, <clears throat> glasses uh, pushing of us might have gone, well, that's not exactly Time Warp. All in all, though, Ben put on a great show and seems to have had a blast. In a post-show interview with Express, he commented, I got to fulfill a wish. I just love that musical. It was one of the first I ever saw, and I just remember being so mesmerized by it. Goodness me, I absolutely loved competing, but obviously it's not for the faint-hearted. Well, Ben, you absolutely nailed your time as Riff Raff. Welcome to the Rocky Horror family. We will see you at RKO4 in August. The first round's on you, buddy. And as always, if you'd like to check out Ben's Time Warp performance as well as the rest of All-Star Musicals, it's available in full on YouTube. We've linked the video for you in our show notes. And next up, we've got some cool stuff to share from the 2022 Japanese tour. Oh, I don't think we've ever talked about them before. Yeah, their first show of 2022 is slated for January 13th at the Kanagawa Arts Theater, and so far they've booked dates through the middle of February. They'll be opening at the Parco Theater in Tokyo on February 12th. Throughout the past month, their cast has been releasing some gorgeous promo materials, glamour shots, and a video set to Sweet Tea to hype up the tour. These looks aren't the actual costumes that'll be used in the show, but are really hot character-inspired looks. We've got them all linked for you in our show notes. You should definitely check them out. They're all very pink and sexy. Yeah, much like previous Japanese tours, these are all, like, really glamorous, like, 70s glam, like, but very modern, updated kind of looks that uh, they're using for their promos. Uh, If you're not familiar with how Japanese versions of Rocky go, it's it's a lot more uh, modern and a much bigger twist than you'd see on something like the UK or the European tour. They're really kind of cool. Um, I think that they're fantastic character inspiration. Uh, if you are ever looking to like, oh, what would like modern Colombia look like? Just go look at pictures of the Japanese tours. These people do some incredible fucking work. One of the tour's major selling points this year is that it'll be the graduation tour of Arata Furuta, the cast's Frankenfurter. For those of you not in the know, graduation is the Japanese term for when an actor steps down from the role they've been playing. Yeah, Arata is about to turn 60 and has decided that it's time to end his run as Frank. This will be his third time tour in Japan as Frankenfurter. He also starred back in 2011 and 2017. 2022 will be his last hurrah. Holy cow, good for him. Kawahara Masahiko, the tour's director, has commented on the upcoming production, stating that audience participation is on the forefront of his mind while putting the show together, commenting, I'm always thinking about how to play with the audience. One other thing we've seen from this tour that we're hoping someone can help explain to us is this sound box thingy. I'm sorry, what? Here, we've got a video, Uh, take a look. It's this lip-shaped plastic box that's on a lanyard, and it it has buttons on it. Think like one of those, like, talkback things that kids played with in the 80s and 90s. Each button makes a different sound when you press it. There's even a button that lets you record your own voice and then plays it back to you. There's six buttons with different insignias on them, a music note, a thumbs down, a heart, a horn, a ray gun, and lips. 
We know the heart button makes an applause noise, the horn button sounds like a noisemaker, the ray gun makes a generic blaster sound, and the lips is the playback one that lets you record something and play it back. We think this might be an audience participation thing. It's got a picture of Frank on it, and the box and lanyard are both branded with Japan's Rocky Horror Show logo. We just can't find anything about it anywhere on the show's website. And it's also really hard to make out any of the information in the YouTube video. I mean, none of us speak Japanese, and the auto-generated closed captions, if anything, make it more complicated to try and figure out what the hell this thing is. My favorite caption was, it's like an unmotivated tofu shop. (laughs) (laughs) That tofu shop needs to find some direction in life, man. He can't stay living in his mom's basement forever. But seriously, if this is a thing that's sold for AP purposes in Japan and any of our listeners know about it, please write in to us and let us know. It's funny as shit, and we'd love to have one for our show, too. We'll post a link to the video in our show notes. Come on, guys, help us sleuth it out. And we'll also post a link to the 2022 Japanese tour site so that you can check out all of their super hot promo material and get hyped for their launch in just a few days. And with that, let's move on to community news. It's with incredible sadness that we start off community news this week with the passing of Rocky Horror community icon Betsy Wojcicko. This one hits pretty hard, guys. I... I know everyone out there has heard us mention Betsy on many of our shows in the past. It's a testament to the unprecedented impact she had on the Rocky Horror community. Betsy, alongside Lori Peacock, were two of the founding members of the Milwaukee, Wisconsin-based cast, Celluloid Jam. They performed at the Oriental Theater starting in 1984, and by the late 80s were renowned as one of the best shadow casts in the country. Celluloid Jam disbanded in 1992, and the torch continues to be carried by the Sensual Daydreams cast to this day. For the 10th anniversary in 1985, Betsy and many other members of Celluloid Jam came to New York, where Betsy received accolades as a costume contest finalist for her magenta spacesuit costume. One of the many highlights of her Rocky career was performing on stage at the 10th anniversary alongside the New York cast for Richard O'Brien and Pat Quinn. It was also in 1985 at the 10th anniversary convention that Betsy was awarded the Special Service Award from Sal Piero and the Rocky Horror Fan Club. The fan awards were the only type of continuing award in the Rocky Horror community at the time and were a precursor to the Boss Awards in recognition of the unsurpassed contributions to the community. In Sal Piero's 1990 book, Creatures of the Night, he recalls his first introduction to Betsy. That after seeing Rocky for the first time, she wrote to Sal, sending poems and artwork, which he forwarded on to Alan Hero, who ran the Rocky Horror Shop. As part of his mail-order merchandise business, he also published Rocky Horror Shop Talk, a community-centric newsletter that would grow into one of the most prolific community fanzines. Alan was so impressed with Betsy's work that he contacted her about becoming a staff artist on Shop Talk a role where she contributed countless pieces up through the summer of 1984 when Alan appointed her the new editor-in-chief as he retired. For the next five years, Betsy, alongside her team of writers, artists, and contributors, published a total of 100 issues of Shop Talk, spanning a decade of divine decadence, and it would remain the longest-running international Rocky publication until Crazed Imaginations eked it out almost two decades later. Shop Talk was a collection of anything and everything related to Rocky Horror. Theater news, cast news, information about the stars, artwork, poetry, photos, 
contributions from Richard O'Brien, pen pals, personals, and timely editorials. As Sal recalls in Creatures, the editorials in particular were very important to Betsy. Many covered universal Rocky problems, theaters, casts, parents, you get the drift, and others covered timely topics such as Amnesty International. Betsy even devoted a whole issue to AIDS awareness. Shop Talk wrapped up its run in 1989 following the 100th issue. Under Betsy's leadership, it was unquestionably the most broadly consumed fanzine throughout the 80s. I know many longtime community members who eagerly check their mailboxes every month for the latest Rocky news. Betsy was instrumental in documenting and giving shape to the Rocky community, and her influence has been felt ever since. I can 100% say that without Betsy and the work of those that she inspired, even this very podcast would not exist. We'll leave you with this sentiment expressed by the Sensual Daydreams cast out of Wisconsin. Betsy was a true creative force and had such passion for everything that she loved. Thank you for your contribution to the Rocky Horror community in Wisconsin. We are forever in your debt due to the hundreds, hell, thousands of lives that you've changed due to you and Lori's pioneering in those early days of Rocky Horror Glory. Rest in peace, Betsy. Thank you. And from us here at Rocky Talkie, our deepest condolences to everyone who knew Betsy. I think we can safely speak for the wider Rocky Horror community when we say that you will be remembered, and your passion and dedication is something to which we all strive. We'll see you on the other side. Next up in community news, the moment we spent weeks waiting for with bated breath finally happened at 9 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so Meg initially told me that we were going to be talking about Victorious on this show today. And honestly, I have a lot of opinions that I really need to get out there. I'm not a fan of Victorious. I think that the show as a whole saw the Disney child star to movie star to pop star pipeline and thought, oh, we could do this. So Nickelodeon uh, kind of like honed in on it um, with Victoria Justice. And it just uh, n- didn't work the way that they thought um, it would. N- yeah, Nikki, yeah, n- yeah. Uh, that's that's not the right Victorious. Uh, oh, we're talking about R- RKO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, oh my God. Can I just say, from the moment RKO started teasing that something was going to happen, I went nuts. I couldn't figure out what it was that was going on. I just knew something was going to happen and nobody would tell me. I felt like you all kind of knew, but everyone was keeping it a state secret. No, no, no. Honestly, I was completely in the dark too. I had the same info that you had, Nikki. I knew there was some kind of video because a few days before the drop, Megan Harley started talking a bunch, and Meg started being an absolute cock tease about how she had the thing on her computer, but I couldn't watch it, so... That was the point. You two, of all people, should know that you don't create excitement about something by giving away all the deets. That's easy for you to say. You knew. Yeah, but, like, only for logistical reasons. We were supposed to do a whole performance on New Year's Eve, and Harley came down to New York to play Riff with us. They and Zephyr were super generous and offered to let us play the video as part of our pre-show shenanigans. So so we had to have it ahead of time to be able to coordinate with the venue. That and Zephyr showed me part of it when I was at his house multiple times last year. God damn it, John. Lucky. Make cooler friends. What can I tell you? <sighs> so anyway, after being tortured on social media for weeks and weeks, Hot. we all gathered in front of our screens and watched the Victorious video, which, holy shit, okay, 
that was probably the coolest thing I've seen, probably in all of 2021. I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, we've linked it in our show notes. Literally, just pause pause this show right now and go watch it before you keep on listening. We'll wait. We'll wait. Okay, great. We've all seen it. What'd you guys think? God fucking damn it, Zephyr. <sighs> <sighs> holy crap. Yeah, I I share the holy crap sentiment exactly. I feel like there hasn't been a single piece of media that RKO has released in the past three years that hasn't completely knocked me off my feet. Like, the production quality is just unmatched, and they're fucking insane. I love everything that they're doing. Absolutely. I mean, every single thing is better than the last, and... Jesus Christ, the amount of work that clearly went into this, and not just because Harley spoiled it and told us that, like, Zephyr's been working on this thing for a year. Like, it is absolutely amazing. The the combination of visual editing, effects work, the the choreography, the the just the banger song <laughs> to pick to, to, like, really capture the Rocky spirit. I don't know. I was fucking blown away by this thing. I'm going to say it. I don't really care if anyone disagrees with me because I'm right and everybody knows that I'm right all the time and I'm going to be right about this. But I think that this is quite possibly and I haven't seen everything, but I think that I can say this with like a 99% certainty that this is the best thing to ever come out of the Rocky Horror fan community, period. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have a I don't have a reference to a. Uh to win that with I, th- yeah. I think you might just be right like creatures of the night is cool fanzines <laughs> are cool this is sexy <laughs> this is everything that rocky is supposed to be a million percent and it was so cool to like get to sit there and watch it live as it was broadcast on twitch and then immediately go and watch it again on youtube and then I, I I made you play it a couple more times after that. <laughs> yeah, and we were super lucky to watch it with Harley, and we got some really fun behind-the-scenes stuff about having booked the theater to film. Which is insane, yeah. Oh, no, only RKO. Well, we need to shoot a video. I don't know. Let's just rent a theater. <laughs> yeah, casual. <laughs> we, me, me and Aaron were actually talking about it when we were going, when, when Harley was telling us how they had to book the theater for an entire day to shoot in it. And I looked at Aaron and I was like, imagine being able to do that in New York where the only theaters that are big enough for something like this are Broadway theaters. Right. Yeah. No, it's cool. I got 20 grand that we can use to uh, yeah, no rent big for deal. a day. Yeah. No, absolutely insane guys. This is so cool. The, the technical complexity, right. Is what really got me on this. It's such an amalgamation of visual effects and like editing and, and just a great concept right like as we were sitting there talking with harley about it i just kept noticing different small little things and different pieces that all kind of came together i i i i said i said to harley you know the uh i want your face video right the last one that rko did to promote uh rko4 was like a phenomenal piece of editing and just technical work. This was so much subtler. There were so many visual tricks in this that like you didn't catch it. They didn't slap you in the face quite as hard as the first one. I mean, there were definitely there were definitely parts that, you know, 
slap me in the face, daddy, right? Like, but it wasn't quite as, you know, insane with just the overwhelmingness of it. And it was all there to create this thing where you just kept seeing something new every time you watched through it again. There were also so many Easter eggs. Like, can we just get into these for a minute? Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, first of all, the fire alarm was turned into a transducer power box. What? (laughs) That was adorable. Love that. Yeah, I I especially loved the, the the color matching on all of the floor show characters at the very end. They were they all they they had they had all of their their makeup and their and their clothes and their socks and their everything correctly color matched. I mean, it all the little details were there. Uh, really love that the soda fountain that was behind the bar had Gatorade bottles stacked on top of the dispensers. Oh, did it? I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Uh, Although this is this is one Meg didn't even catch until like her fourth or fifth watch through. Do you see Roy at the very beginning was doing the RKO four like with his hand, the number four? <laughs> I like that. What a legend. Right? One of my favorite parts. It's in the first like 30 seconds when they're going through kind of what everyone is doing around the theater. But there's the part where Harley, who is very known far and wide as an excellent and entertaining rocky is the one plugging in all the lights and microphones and stuff in the background kind of like he does in the movie he like you know fucks with the switches right before floor show uh-huh. that's so good I, I didn't even notice until like my second or third watch through how many things were like slowed down in that like that mix shot where like half of it's in real time and half of it's slowed down and you have like the vape cloud that's all slowed down and the cards flying and in, in slow motion while zephyr's just you know acting like a badass (laughs) like there's just so many little pieces in this thing and of course the cherry on top of the video pud 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 so for those of you who haven't watched this fucking video or maybe didn't notice it obviously this project has been a technical marvel that has been zephyr's passion project for like we said the better chunk of a year it is incredible from start to finish Uh, However, in the last eight seconds of the video, you can see it says RKOCon for August 3rd to 7th. And obviously, folks who live in the Providence area and who live in Rhode Island know Providence as PVD. That's like its acronym. However, the font that Zephyr chose kind of makes it look like it says PUD. PUD. And so a bunch of us, when we were watching it, were like, you know, standing there mouth agape the entire time and then we absolutely shit our pants when we saw that it said pud rhode island so this is going to stick it's never gonna die i for one am very very mad that i booked hotels in providence for rko con 4 when i should have been booking them in pud i i love i love that we can take just the smallest stupidest thing and that's the thing that we're gonna yeah Completely invalidate the year work that Zephyr did <laughs> because he does not know that RKOCon 4 is supposed to be in Providence, Rhode Island and not Pud, Rhode Island. Zephyr. Zephyr, Pud is not a city in Rhode Island. I've checked. Yeah, I mean, you you might want to talk to Fred. I think he would like to know if you're changing venues on him. Yeah, I. that's kind of, that's a scary thing to do. <laughs> I went to Pud, Rhode Island and all I got was this shirt. <laughs> It's don't oh god, it's not my fault that Zephyr wrote Pud. 
So in conclusion, Zephyr, we totally get the insane hype. You did a magnificent job on this video and we absolutely adored it. And holy crap, guys, if these are just the con promos, imagine what kind of nut shit we're going to see from RKO at the actual con. Well, we're now officially in the same year, so we just got to count down the days. If you haven't booked your tickets yet, what the fuck are you waiting for? We want to party with you. Tickets are now on sale. Hotel rooms are available. Go do it. All of those details are linked in our show notes. And we'll see you in beautiful sunny Pud the first week of August. How exactly does one get to Pud? I'm looking at bus tickets now, and I'm not seeing any that go there. Well, Nikki, that sounds like a question. And it sounds like we should table that for our next segment. Some of you might recall that on our last episode of the year, we talked about another British TV program called Mastermind. Mastermind is a trivia game show where expert contestants are chosen to answer questions about whatever it is that they're an expert about, plus around a general knowledge, of course. What exactly qualifies someone as an expert for masterminding purposes? I think they just have to claim to have expertise. I don't fucking know. All right. You're 0 for 2 on this answering questions thing, dude. You'd better get your act together because for this week's Snack Snack, we've got a whole bunch of questions geared up and ready to go, courtesy of Mastermind. That's right. This week, we thought it would be fun to crib the Mastermind Game Show questions and play a quick round ourselves using the same questions that Rocky Horror expert Sarah Trevarthen answered on air. All we know about Sarah is that she's an environment and safety consultant, a self-proclaimed Rocky Horror expert on both the stage musical and film, and was able to get all 13 of her questions right. Does that mean we get Jacob as our game show host? Actually, no! There's no Jacob this week! God bless. <laughs> Where'd he go? Is he off exploring, like, the Parisian catacombs or something? No, he went away for a couple of weeks with his family for Christmas. He, he just got back into the city last night and let us know he was unavailable to record because, I don't know, he and his girlfriend had a full week of marathon sex planned or something. Go, Jacob. So, someone who didn't have a complete week of sex planned, our producer Meg, has very generously informed us that she'll be stepping in to interrogate us all about Rocky. Hi, Meg. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a nice break from Rocky and are ready to go back to uh, being subject matter experts. So the way this game works IRL is that the contestants face off with the game show host one-on-one. The contestant has to answer as many questions as possible in the time allotted, which is about two minutes. The aim of the game is to get as many questions right as you can and score more points than the other three contestants who are answering questions about their own subjects. So we're going to tweak it a little bit since there's three of you. I'm going to ask all the questions on rotation and you'll have 10 seconds to answer. If you run past your time, you'll hear this sound and your turn will be over. At the end of the round, we can loop back and go over any questions that you got wrong or you skipped. Remember, you're trying to beat out Sarah who got all of these questions right and didn't skip a single one. Also remember, these answers that I'm using are the answers given by Mastermind, Aaron. So if anyone takes any issue with any of the answers, Aaron, I'll give you some time at the end to plead your case for a more correct answer, Aaron. But the correct answers are the ones given by Mastermind. So are you all ready to get started? Let's fucking go. Excellent. Better not be any questions about eggs. 
All right, so we're going to start with Nikki. Nikki, question one. Richard O'Brien created the Rocky Horror Show and the Rocky Horror Picture Show and starred in both as what character? Riff Raff. No. Correct. Yes. John, question two. The lyrics to what song make reference to some of the horror films Richard watched in his youth, including King Kong and It Came From Outer Space? I find it hard to believe that King Kong is classified as a horror movie, but that's science fiction double feature. Yo, he's scary. Sweetie, which actress originated the role of Janet Weiss in the theater upstairs, but left before the show moved to Chelsea Classic in 1973 when Belinda Sinclair took over the role? Julie Covington. Correct. Who the fuck is that? So glad that wasn't my question. I might have doctored these a little bit to decide who gets the hard ones. (laughs) Nikki. Which ballad from the stage show sung by Brad Majors after he and Janet had both been seduced by Frankenfurter was the only full song to be cut from the film? Once in a while. Correct! John, the song I Can Make You a Man, which Frankenfurter sings to his creation Rocky, contains real-life allusions to what proponent of an exercise regime who'd recently died? What the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> Can I take a guess if he can't get it? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, let me let me read the question over because I fucked it up. The song I Can Make You a Man, which Frankenfurter sings to his creation Rocky, contains real life allusions to what proponent of an exercise regime who'd recently died? Charles Atlas. Correct. There we go. Now I understand what you were asking me. I did not phrase these questions. England phrased these questions. Of course they fucking did. (laughs) (laughs) The original cast album was recorded in 1973 at which studio in London, co-founded by the actor and music producer, John Sinclair, sweetie. I don't know that one. Oof, we will circle back. Nikki. Oh God. The film was shot on location at what real life Victorian mansion that was used as a location for many Hammer horror films made at the nearby Bray Studios? Oakley Court? <laughs> Correct. Did you Did know, you know that, that the it's castle a hotel? is now a hotel? <laughs> I was going to make that joke and then I was like, but it, I, she spoke too much and I was like, that's too much for Oakley Court. What if it's wrong? <laughs> John. After Brad and Janet watch the Transylvanians dance and sing Time Warp, Brad asks, Hey, do any of you guys know how to... Madison. Correct. Sweetie, the character of Eddie the Delivery Boy is played by the rock singer Meatloaf in the film. Which actor originated the role at the theater upstairs? Uh, fuck, I know this. Um, goddammit. No, 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 no. You're giving me time on this. Fuck you. Nope. We are circling back. You are failing mastermind. Fuck you. Nikki. I like how everyone... All these questions are so fucking easy except for yours. Uh, And I do it that way on purpose. Nikki, what's the name of the costume designer for both the original stage production and the film who was uninterested at the job at first and said, quote, I have no desire to design a lot of drag costumes for no money. Sue Blaine. Yay! John, 
At his audition, which cast member from the original London stage production sang the Jimmy Osmond song, Long-Haired Lover from Liverpool, because he knew the lyrics from a previous pantomime performance? Tim Curry. No. Damn it. He auditioned with Tutti Frutti. Did he really? That makes sense. Sweetie, Richard O'Brien sang the lyric, Don't Dream It, Be It. And that lyric was inspired by magazine advertisements for which American lingerie brand? Fredericks of Hollywood. Correct. And last one, Nikki. Richard O'Brien had the idea for the Rocky Horror Picture Show when he was part of the London production of what other musical that also included Tim Curry in the cast? Cats. Correct. I wish. Yes. All right, so we missed out on one, two, three, four questions. I'm gonna put them to the room. You guys ready? No. The original cast album was recorded in 1973 at which studio in London co-founded by the actor and music producer John Sinclair? Yeah, I don't know that one. Sinclair and Sons, duh. Yeah, it's probably that. It is a Psalm Studios. Same thing. Okay. That's literally what I just said. So. All right. Yeah. It's just an abbreviation. The character of Eddie, who originated the role at the theater upstairs. Does anybody know? We've talked it's, about him. It's Is it Patty, Patty O'Hagan. Yeah. Yeah. I got there <clears throat> outside of my time limit. Sucks to suck. Yeah. John got it. John gets the. Uh, John gets that one apparently. Y'all remember when George Lopez played Doctor Scott? What? <laughs> no. Oh. Did he really? He did. That was just a nightmare, John. (laughs) (laughs) I like the 35th anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Who sang Long-Haired Lover from Liverpool because he knew it from a previous pantomime performance? Is this the stage show or the movie? The stage show. Um, No. I'll give you a hint. Uh, Okay. He got glitter in his dick. Was oh, it it's Rainer? Rocky. Yeah, Rainer Burton. Huh, it's not the way I've heard that story. Actually, wow. no, that totally is the way I've heard that story. It's in his autobiography. <laughs> and uh, last one, Richard O'Brien had the idea for Rocky when he was part of a different cast that also included Tim Curry. What was the show? I, I think I could get it if I had a hint. I'm just saying. This is hair, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's hair. Fuck. <laughs> An apt show for Richard O'Brien to be part of. Right. Well, he had hair at one point. Have you seen? There's a picture that's floating around of yeah. him like when he's real young and actually had hair. Yeah. What a not bald boy. We've all gone through a horny for Richard O'Brien phase, okay? Ooh, we most <laughs> certainly have not. Yeah. Speak for yourself, buddy. So the way that Mastermind works is uh, it's broken up into two rounds. The first round is expert knowledge, which you all, um, you, you almost beat Sarah, right? You, you got, out of 13, you got, what, nine? So Get fucked, Sarah. Pretty Sorry. close. There's also a round of general knowledge questions, which in Mastermind, uh, they ask like state capitals and shit. But I thought it would be fun to do a round of general shadow casting knowledge. Oh, God. Excellent. So we're going to go round robin, and I'm going to ask you guys some general shadow casting questions. You ready? Let's do yeah. it. Do I get the hard ones here, too? You know? Uh, we'll see. 
damn it. So, question one to Nikki. How many pockets are on Brad and Janet's lab coats? Ah! Oh, Jesus. I don't know from the movie. I just know from my show. In, in the movie. Wait, what was no, the I question know. again? How many pockets are on Brad and Janet's lab coat? Oh. Well, like, the the normal human answer would be two, but Aaron's ha leads me to believe that there's three. Correct. Holy shit. Look at that context. Where's the third one? In my butthole. It's weirdly, it's like a breast pocket, except it's a full size, like square, awkward Oh, no, pocket. my guest does have a third pocket. It's horrible to look at. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's nice on your cast in the movie. No, it's I like mean, like, horrible. all right. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I got it. Uh, question two to John. Which is the best floor show character to perform as? Is that a, an opinion piece? No, it's objective. This is, <laughs> yeah, 100% objective. The answer is Brad. Oof, incorrect, but defend it. Because all he does is stumble around and raise his leg real high. There's like little to no choreo to it. No, totally wrong. All the other characters are choreographed and he stumbles. The correct answer, objectively, is Columbia because she has the most time to change into her costume, the most time to change out of her costume, and if your titties pop out during it, it's okay because it's technically still screen accurate. And unlike Janet, she dances on fucking beat. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> uh, excuse me, I believe it's Dr. Scott because uh, I don't do fuck all during that. Yeah, Aaron's right. I redact my statement. It's Scott. Mm. Oh, mm. feels good to be I right. I disagree because I like to show people my boobies. You can show yeah, your people. You, you can show people your boobies to Scott. That's not screen accurate. Who says? Who knows what he's doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's just stripping in the corner for half of it. Didn't you know? He I just didn't. has his titties popped out of the top of his button down and then, like, covers himself back up. Question three to you, sweetie. In car scene, Janet takes gum out of her mouth before she eats a chocolate bar. What happens to Janet's gum after she takes it out of her mouth? Uh, Janet is a dumb, stupid whore and clearly shoves it underneath the seat. Is that true? I don't actually know the answer. I was just hoping you could tell me. It just disappears. I think she puts it in the wrapper, but I don't know. She doesn't have the wrapper in her hand. No, no, the chocolate wrapper that's ripped off. Oh, like an animal. Okay. Question four to Nikki. How many Rock photo books would you need to sell in order to buy a Frank jacket? Can I look up how much a Rock photo book is? Because I won't be able to do the math. No. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, how, can I ask how much a Frank jacket is? Because I like know, but I don't know. It's like 1300 right? If no. You triple it. Okay. So 3,000, carry the one, do a little bit of math. Um, 349. Incorrect. Fuck. The right answer is two. And I know that because our cat Beetlejuice has recently learned how to knock entire books off of our bookshelves. And he really likes to knock down the Mick Rock book specifically. And Aaron keeps trying to like sit him down and explain to him that he can't touch that one because it's a $1,500 book. They're $1,500? Not quite. But if you were to go on on Amazon right now and try to buy one, I think the cheapest you can get it is like $1,200. I'm going to investigate this. In reality, I think you can still find one for about $200 or $300. But anyway, so as we all know, 
one Frank jacket equals roughly $3,000. So if we do that sort of math, one Mick Rock book equals half a Frank jacket. So you would need to sell two, as far as Beetlejuice knows anyway. <laughs> Stupid cat. All right, next question to John. Which song from Shocky would make the best drag number? None of them, because they all fucking suck. Incorrect. I'll give you one more chance to redeem yourself. You I refuse, because this show fucking sucks. The answer is, thank God I'm a man. How fucking funny would that be? Ha 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 ha, I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that drag number. Sweetie to you. Which character in Once More With Feeling has the biggest dick? Spike. Incorrect. The right answer is Sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aaron's like, fuck. <laughs> Can't argue with the truth. <laughs> Nikki, in Reefer Madness, during the oh. song The Stuff, May walks around her trashed house while she sings, and she fixes one single messed up piece of decor but leaves everything else in the house in shambles. What does she She's, fix? She straightens out a crooked picture frame. Correct. Holy yeah. shit. I love Reefer Madness. <laughs> Training for your audition video. I am. John, in Cats, all of the cats are very conspicuously missing their buttholes. Which cat's butthole was the most conspicuously absent of all? I'll take the name of the cat or the name of the actor. Dame Judi Dench. Correct. <laughs> Who the fuck else would it be? Judi Dench doesn't poop. I personally would have liked to see James Corden's hole. You are fired. All right. Yeah. But yes. I feel like I deduct a point. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I take it back. <laughs> Nikki. Yeah. In Repo, the genetic opera. Nope. Oh, no. Shit. This is to you, sweetie. Okay. Oh. Thank God. In Repo, the genetic opera, Blind Mag sings a song called Chromagia at the Big Jinko party. It's an opera number about an animal. Which animal is that song about? Uh, mm, I'm gonna go with the Komodo dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Incorrect. Oh, so close. It's about a bird wow. who's Same gonna thing. die or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't repo. Me neither. Okay, and um, this last question is for the room, and whoever gets the most correct wins the point. Okay. Okay. Out of all shadow casting, list the top five most bangable characters. I'll of give you a minute. Of all shadow casts? Of all shadow casting. All shadow like, casts? Yeah, like, that's what I meant. Like, Zephyr, shadow castable Zephyr, shows. Zephyr. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah, you can have a minute to come up with your answers. I'm starting the clock. I need a notepad. Yeah, That's right. What I'm doing. How many are we doing? Top, top three, top five? five, top five. I would say list three of the top five. I have a list of top five here, objective, and um, you gotta hit three of the characters on this list. What was it again? Big? It's not biggest dick. It's most fuckable. What was it? Most bangable. Yeah, most. Got fuckable. it. God damn it! This is not fair. I've only seen two of the source material. I mean, that sounds like a personal shortcoming to me. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna give three and pray. This is my own biased opinion. And uh, while we're doing lists, so far I'm gonna recap the scores. Nikki, I've got you at two points, and John and Aaron each have one. 
Oh, good. Somehow that doesn't add up. <laughs> is this well, just you all the got something wrong? Or yeah, yeah. This okay. is uh, this is general knowledge. I'm I'm good with my yeah. I've, I've, I'm good with mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not, but I'm I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I have. <clears throat> wait. Uh, do so. I have five. Is that okay? Yeah, or... that that's fine. Yeah. Okay. You cool, can cool. list it. If you hit three of them, you're good. Got it. Okay. All right. Uh, so Nikki, let's start with you. Fuck no, not me. Okay, John, let's start with you. I need to this character's name. Okay, so out of everything that is regularly shadowcasted, mm-hmm. the people who are most fuckable, in no particular order, in my opinion, which is the correct opinion, so I don't care what Meg has to say, so I'm immediately right, is Frank, mm-hmm. Sweet, mm-hmm. Captain Hammer, mm-hmm. Mary Lane, mm-hmm. and Nathan Wallace. Mm. Okay, well, you got one of them right. I got five of them right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sweetie, your turn. Uh, Number one is obviously Columbia. Uh, Mm -hmm. Number two is Sally. Uh, Number three is Frank. Mm -hmm. Number four is Dr. Horrible because, Mm -hmm. oh, give me Neil Patrick Harris. Number five is Penny because I have an unreasonable thing for Felicia Day. And my honorable mention, of course, goes to Spike. Oof, you got zero. All right, well, you're wrong. All right, Nikki, okay. you just you, you just gotta okay keep your your okay. lead. I've got Jack from Reaper Madness, mm-hmm. the Grave Robber from Repo, mm-hmm. Sally from Reaper Madness, Rocky from Rocky Horror, and then I I'm gonna I don't know who this person is. I just know she's sexy. Amber Sweet from Repo. It's Paris Hilton. How the fuck? No, do I know you... who Paris Hilton is. I just don't know anything about her character's motivation. Well, you got two. <laughs> You're really gonna what? fuck the grave robber over Nathan Wallace? The grave robber wears makeup. Or anyone? I don't know who Nathan Wallace? Well, yeah, or or literally anybody else in <laughs> the fucking movie, like including Luigi. Repo. Okay, I have never <laughs> seen Repo. I have only ever seen Zephyr dressed as grave robber and Luna Lacreme as um. Amber, sweet. And Did you just both list of those a bunch? Were incredible. Oh no, this isn't me yelling at oh, you. Okay, this is God. me yelling at Meg because I know that she's choosing the grave robber over literally anybody else in Reef. Oh no, no, no! You're so wrong. What's, what's the, the right answer? Yeah. Objectively, are sweet from Buffy. That oh. was a gimme. I fucking told you about that earlier. Yeah. Jack from Reaper Madness, obviously. Paris Hilton. Yitzhak from Hedwig. Oh come on. Eddie. I was thinking Eddie, and then I was like, no, that's The too fact much that you're going to choose Jack over Mary Lane is disgusting. Mary is not um, fuckable. Mary, Mary Lane is will a teenager. Not punch you in the face. <laughs> well, I think we all learned a little bit about what ourselves. Nikki can shut up. Uh, Kristen Bell is like 25. Kristen Bell's like 40. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was my age when she started in the stage show, and that makes me feel really bad about where I am in my life. Okay, so. <laughs> Rounding out our game, Nikki gets the point for that last question, so she ends with three points, and John and Aaron each have one because uh, they're they're stupid and terrible. Yeah, uh, I have three. two. Excuse me, put me in second place where I belong. <laughs> there was only one point distributed for that last question. I'm so sorry if you. Oh, I didn't get rules, three out of five. You yeah, you're no, right. No, no, no. It was. Do, do you get the point for getting the most or not? 
Why do I always lose these games? I think I've won every single game we've ever played. I think you just have the least Rocky general knowledge. That sounds right. Everyone, yeah. I objectively know more about Rocky Heart than Aaron. Congratulations to Nikki. Thank you so much. I hate it here. <laughs> and that's our show. Wait, wait, wait. We can't wrap up yet. Nobody answered my actual question. Wait, what? How do you get to PUD? Oh, right. We like completely forgot about that. Well, Nikki, we don't quite know the answer, but you know who might? Who? Zephyr. Maybe we should ask him. Oh, yeah. He teased it. He'd know better than anyone. Can you guys, like, have our people call his people and make that happen? Sure. Meg, can you call Zephyr's people? And that's our show. We want to thank Zephyr for the monumentous amount of work he put into Victorious. Dude, you did an incredible job. We'd also like to thank everyone over at RKO for putting on such a fun New Year's Eve watch party. And as always, we'd like to thank our writer, Jacob, who's currently getting dicked down. And our editor, Aaron, from Tennessee, we appreciate all of your work. If anyone has a question they'd like us to answer on air for Nikki Asks a Question, or some community news they'd like us to talk about, or even a cool story to share with the community, we'd love to include it in our show. Just go to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out our contact form to tell us about it. If you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. It makes the podcast more accessible to listeners, which really helps us to grow the show. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. 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 Mary Lane is literally the hottest shadow casting character and no one can tell me otherwise wrong. how are you sleeping on sally seriously wrong. i mean i would sleep wrong. on both it's of jack. them jack is fuckable and he's mean and he's nice to look at and every single time i see him in any other media i go squee Just mary lane like is also mean and fuckable and wrong. nice to look at she's 15 you fucking moron she's not Kristen bell was like 25 <laughs> when she was performing the character you really mean to tell me that john travolta in greece isn't fuckable because he was playing a teenager get the fuck out of here nikki john travolta's head is too big for me to be attracted to him he's got a big 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 head he's a scientologist Cindy, he wasn't a scientologist in the 70s he absolutely was yeah he definitely was all right yeah. goodbye yeah bye